0: What's up, Bucks fans? Back here for another episode of Pirate Parlay here on the Sick Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, J.C. Allen, and it's Combine Week. The draft is approaching. Free agency is approaching. We'll get into some of Light's quotes, some of which Todd Todd Bowles had to say as well over at the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, We'll get into some of the recent quotes made by Levante David um, and uh, so much more. Uh, We'll look at some of the free agency upcoming stuff. Uh, some of the who have the Bucks met with formal, informally at the Combine already. And we'll also touch on those daunting grades that came out for the Buccaneers and the NFL PA. We'll do this with my special guest. You may know him from the Bucketeers podcast. He's my guy. Tampa Tones. We'll be right back after the break. Breaking it all down.
1: Turn up your volume,
0: volume. because you're about to listen to the, the sick, podcast. sick podcast pirate parlay. Battle intercepted, picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world. The sickest Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. It's going to be sick. What's up, guys? Back over here after the break, after the intro. The intro's sick, too, huh? Got to love Gene Deckerhoff on the Antoine Winfield Jr. call. But we'll bring him right in here. We're going to waste no time. We'll jump right into it. I got my guy Tampa Tones from the Buccaneers podcast. Tones, how are you doing?
1: Great, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, incredible intro. Honored to be here. Great podcast you got and part of an incredible network. So I am to talk some Bucks football. When Gene Decker fires you up, you know it's going to be a fun time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I've been a regular on your show, so I figured it was time to repay the favor and have you come on here. Uh, why don't you kind of just Give a minute if people don't know you. You should give a little intro uh, on yourself, um, what the podcast's all about, how long you've been doing it, how'd you come up with the name, all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, lifelong Bucks fan. Used to do uh coverage for the Bucks, write some stuff, and do NFL draft coverage for Time Skew podcast back in the day. Interviewed the likes of Bryce Huff, Ben DiNucci, uh, Leverett on the Bucks, Hagen from their Super Bowl team all before the NFL draft. That came and gone. I decided to start my own podcast the Bucketeers in 2020 been doing it ever since started July of 2020. So pre Super Bowl, you know, it's not like I egged on later or anything like that, but been a lifelong fan um, ever since probably 98, 99. So um, it's been incredible. My pops used to have NFL Sunday ticket back in the day and I fell in love with Bucks football ever since and really uh, been coming on strong in the podcast game. It's been a lot of fun, do it with some great Bucks guys out there and yeah, you could get at me at Tampa Tones. I'm always available if you ever want to talk on X, Twitter, whatever the heck you want to call it. But, man, love me some Bucks football. Love talking Bucks football, especially with the great J.C. Allen. Always a pleasure.
0: Yeah, and one of the cool things is you're from Chicagoland, too. So, like, that's something. It just shows the stretch the uh, the Bucks can have. Uh, they're globally uh, loved and uh, all the way up mm-hmm. in the Windy City as well. And the whole Twitter, i you know, i it's Twitter, but like it's X, but it's Twitter, but it's like X, but it's like it's Twitter. <laughs> so. Yeah, it,
1: it's a never-ending battle, X Twitter, X Twitter. I usually roll with Twitter, but, you know, you try and evolve with the times. And, yeah, many of times in the Windy City, I'll get the question, hey, are you a Bucks fan because of Tom Brady? No. And then I explain the story and go on and on. It, it's been 28 years or so. So a lot of people are misconstrued out in this neck of the woods of how I became a Bucks fan. Thought I hopped on on the Brady bandwagon. But although I'm a lifelong Brady guy, I've been a Bucks fan for my entire life.
0: Yeah, Brady coming here surely did not help uh, the Bucks global reach for sure. But I want to get into the combine because we are here. It feels like. Uh, it's been a long time since the season ended to get to this point, but we are literally um, – we're 14 days away from free agency, um, and the NFL Draft Combine starts tomorrow. We've had the first two days. Uh, obviously, we had bowls and light speak on Wednesday, and then uh, today was defensive linemen, uh, edge rushers, and linebackers meeting with the media. Tomorrow, there will be some more players meeting with the media, and, of course, we'll start to get underway with the testing, which is something – um, if you're a draft guy like me, I am definitely looking forward to, I have my first mock out a preview here with Colin Halboom, uh, on the last episode. So go check that out over at bucks game day, powered by sports illustrated. Um, I, I love it personally. <laughs> I think it'd be great for the bucks, but there's other things and we'll have to see what they kind of do in free agency. Um, and what kind of money, but for, you know, like the bucks got, a little bit of extra cushion there because the salary cap went up over $30 million more than it was projected 12 million more than it was projected to. So that opens up a little bit of cushion for themselves. Um, You know, they did release big news. They did release Shaq Barrett on Wednesday, um, actually Tuesday, today's Wednesday on Tuesday. Uh, They didn't officially release him and they won't until the start of free agency. They'll post June 1st him, which means pretty much uh, he will be cut. Immediately and can sign on with any any team uh, at the start of the league year, but with June first, it, it splits his dead cap. It so he's due about twenty nine million dollars. They'll split that into two years: twelve million this year, about seventeen million next year, give or take dollars and cents. At this point, we're talking about hundreds of, thousands of dollars <laughs> and cents, um, but it, it's roughly that. uh They will get five million dollars in cap space after June first. So June second, that will open up, which. Um, they'll likely do with Ryan Jensen as well and open up around I think mm-hmm. six million it is with Ryan Jensen by post June 1st releasing him. even though he's retired, a lot of people say, oh well how does that work? Um, you know because he's still got bonus money that they haven't paid him, that will all accelerate. So by you know release slash retiring him as a post first that will open up. so I'll give them a big chunk of change um, right after June 1st and they'll use the majority of that to sign their rookie class uh, but that'll also leave them with with uh, money to make in roster in season moves to pay the parrot, the squad, all those working costs that they actually had to restructure Shaq Barrett last year, prior to the start of the season to be able to afford, which made his cap hit so much bigger this season by prorating some of that money. And, um, you know, obviously they couldn't get to a, a deal with Mike Evans and that was the first hope. So they didn't have to do that with Shaq, but you know, not such was not the case. So speaking on Mike Evans, I think Jason Ladd and Todd Bowles made it pretty clear um, that the full court presses on with Mike Evans, uh, you know, 10 years, 10 straight seasons of a thousand yards or more before I jump into that thoughts on Shaq Barrett's release. Um, and uh, you know, there's some rumors out there from Matthew Hewitt. who used to work for uh, us over at bucks uh, game day. I think he's got a pretty close relationship with Shaq and his family, mm-hmm. um, but there he, he mentioned that Shaq would be open to rejoining the Bucks um, down the line if the circumstances were right. Maybe after that June first, if he's not signed, and you know, maybe you get him for that five million that you open up. But what are your thoughts on Shaq, his release, and um, the possibility he might be back? Yeah,
1: you know, the whole thing was kind of expected, but still one of those weird feelings when it actually happened. It's like, dang, this is reality now. One of the guys that helped reshape the culture of Tampa Bay and of their past, you know, three, four really good seasons, which Bucks fans aren't accustomed to, is no longer here, or at least so we think. You know, Jordana Barrett, Shaquille's wife, Shaq's wife, has shared some interesting thoughts as well. She's made it clear that, uh, like SI Game Day's former guys said, hey, he might be willing to come back if the payday's not there in free agency. He's a heck of a ball player. Someone could go in on a one-year prove it deal with this guy, give him money, and he could go out and earn it. Let's not forget, he's, he was dealing with a lot last year. He had a huge injury to come back from. He obviously had the sudden tragic uh, loss of his daughter. So battling a couple of things, and we know the first season coming back from an ACL injury is always tough. So I think whoever gets him next year will get a little bit better of a Shaq Barrett. You know, they'll be saving a little bit of money as well, as the Bucks still had to give him somewhat of money by releasing him. And at the end of the day, I think it'd be tremendous if he did decide to come back to Tampa. He's open to it. His family's open to it. Where there's smoke, there's fire And he might be a guy who's at this point in his career, he had his big payday now. He might be willing to take a little bit less money to stay with familiar territories. At the end of the day, he's going to want to go somewhere to compete. He's used to winning two Super Bowls now. One with Denver as a backup, one with Bucks as a prominent player. He's not going to go away from winning football, in my opinion, but at the end of the day, family is very important to him. He just had a newborn as well not too long ago, and he's getting very comfortable with not only the Tampa area but with the Bucks owners as well. I think Shaq, it's sad right now, but it was expected, but I wouldn't rule out him coming back. I'd put it 50-50. I think there's a realistic chance of him potentially coming back down the road if, if things fall apart for him in free agency
0: yeah I, I think you know first of all shaq barrett friend of the program thank you so much for having him on he's got one of the coolest cadences i think when he talks out of out of anybody and he's just such a a great guy a humble guy um but you know he, the, the production did drop a little bit um still one of the best in run defense uh, as, as a guy setting the edge um he, he's one of the top guys in the league and the problem i think with shaq is and, and we talked about it on this show actually the pressures have been there it just hasn't been finishing and part of that You know, he alluded to, and he was right, you know, the quarterbacks were getting rid of the ball extremely quickly, um, and they continue to get faster and faster to get rid of the ball, uh, so these guys have to be faster and faster in getting them, and I think that's, you know, you saw some of that with with Yaya Diaby and Kalaja Kansi, you know, uh, speed is the name of the game, as you know, everyone else gets faster. You got to get faster with them. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, coming off an Achilles tear, you're never right away, a hundred percent. And when it happened week eight last year, mm-hmm. for him to even get ready and be, not even make the pop list in training camp was was impressive. Um, but I, I think you're right. You know, as I'm starting to put together my mock offseason for the Buccaneers that I'll be dropping uh, a couple days before free agency officially begins. Um, you know, I had. Different routes I want to take. Okay, they open up some money. Could I afford a Bryce Huff? (laughs) Could I Mm. afford, you know, someone like that? Um, Because, you know, I'm trying to stay true to the cap as well. Uh, Could I, or maybe do I roll with a Josh Uche, Dorrance Armstrong, or a um, Andrew Van Ginkle type? Mm. But now I think with Shaq and his willingness to come back, and really I look at the landscape and I'm like, you know, those guys are going to cost you upwards to five, six, seven, eight million dollars. Huff is going to cost you. Somewhere in the mid to to high teens, you know, if you could get Shack back at around, let's say, five six million dollars, what you're pretty much opened up. Does that make the most sense? I mean, does that make the most sense this year, especially in this draft class? The Bucks have met with a bunch of edge rushers, and we'll talk about that in in a c- couple minutes here um, already. But this draft class is not great, you know, for edge rushers. It really it doesn't have a really deep group. Um, and I think when you're getting to where the Bucks pick, the Chop Robinsons, the Braylon Trices, the Chris Braswells, there's certainly guys that have intriguing traits, but they're not polished. You're they're they're coming in and I don't know if they're starting for you day one. I, I think you're likely probably starting JTS and Yaya, and hopefully, you know, they can kind of work their way into a rotation. But I don't know if these I don't think you have a day one starter I pick twenty six. You know, if they traded up and maybe got a, you know, which is unlikely, but if they traded up and got maybe a Jared Verse or a Latu or something like that, maybe I can see them coming in and winning that starting job. You know, Chop Robinson, I think, is the only guy that's got that. But I think he's going to increase his draft stock this week. So, I mean, a lot of people have him mocked right now. The Chop Robinson plans on running a 4-4, plans on jumping, you know, a broad jump, like, he's got these measurables that he's been testing at on his own he expects if he ru- if he runs those at the combine like he's probably now out of the range of the bucks as well unless they wanted to trade up which with only six picks in this year's draft potentially a late late seventh uh in con uh, in as a compensatory pick for losing mike evans uh mike edwards last year mm-hmm. they're not going to be in the range of a guy like that so do you do you just bring Shaq back and run it back and have another year de- development by Yaya Diaby? You have Marquise Watts. They really like what Jose Ramirez and and talking to, you know, light, but even talking to the guys myself and Luke and Tristan, you know, Jose Ramirez gave them fits last year, um, working on that scout team. So with Cam Gill likely headed towards free agency, there's potentially a potential spot for him to move up on the roster. And they could certainly take a guy in the later rounds, um, yeah. as a development, but he's not going to start right away either. So, you know, it kind of changes the landscape of where the Bucks go at edge rusher.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. And another thing working against Shaq Barrett out there, there's a lot of good edge rushers in the free agency class this year as well of 2024. You got Josh Allen, who's still in his prime, 27 years old. He's going to be highly sought after. Brian Burns from the Panthers, someone who a lot of people thought they should have traded in years past. They right. probably should have because I don't think they get him back at this point. But we'll and both see. both those
0: guys are likely franchised, too. So good luck. You know, you'd have to give up serious draft capital for them. True. The yeah. Aren't and doing. Then,
1: yeah. And then you got Dan. And, you know, Brian Burns could get tagged and traded. But you still got Jonathan Greenyard. And wow. you got a couple other guys as well. Daniel Hunter. The list goes on and on. Bottom line is there should be some edge rushers, DNs available that are going to give Shaq Bear a tough time. Finding a payday. Will he find a home? Absolutely. Will he find the payday? Maybe not. And that's where he might scoot back into Tampa. But you're right. A lot of those guys are going to get franchised. One guy who's not, though, the Jets pretty much came out and said they're not going to use a franchise tag on Bryce Huff, it seems like. But to your point, he'll be too expensive. And he was actually... One of my first interviews I did with Timeskew when I was preparing for the draft. Right. So that was kind of cool stuff. But all in all, Shaq bear has a really, really crowded room in free agency at edge rushers. Even Chase Young, he's probably right. not that his production was there, but given his age, same with Zadarius Smith, he's a little older. It's a crowded room at edge rusher. And it's going to be um, really interesting to see how that unfolds. I, I'm. Interested to see, I mean, I would go with this as well, Andrew Van Ginkle. So it's a deep class at the edge position in free agency. I think Shaq Barrett returning makes a lot more sense when you look at a deeper scope into things as such as a draft, as you alluded to, not too deep of one. edge your free agency, really deep of one. The recipe's there. Will it happen? Who knows? But I wouldn't rule it out.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, and even going deeper, you know, Bud Dupree's out there who had a down year, but it's been Yannick Magagway, Leonard Floyd. I mean, there's, and then for younger guys, Jeter Gross, Mottos, uh Matos, Clone Farrell, who had kind of a small resurgence. There's a lot. Kyle Van had a heck of a season for the Ravens. There is a lot of talent at that edge rusher position in free agency, which again, and you alluded to it, you know, he's here. He, he just had a kid here, his family, even if he goes else and plays where else, I highly doubt they're packing up and following him. They'll probably remain based in Tampa, and he'll, you know, they'll do the weekend game thing, and you know, maybe he'll pop down, you know, you know, during the week, and especially the bye week and stuff like that. But yeah, I I certainly think there's definitely a uh, a possibility for Shaq to return in free agency. Speaking of returning in free agency, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, I'm like 95 percent both of these guys are coming back. (laughs) Like after the comments, Baker wants to be here. Um, You know, Jason Light said, you know. If they might have to strain a little bit, but they're gonna get it done. I listened to Jason Light on the Ira po- uh, Coff- Ira Kaufman podcast over um, from the guys over at Joe Buckspan, and he pretty much, you know, said the same thing. You know, he said he's been having conversations with Mike all season and saying, "Hey, you know, we definitely want you here. Um, you know, there's, you know, just cap ramifications and stuff like that. You know, obviously, we would have wanted to get something worked out. Yada yada." Um, but I don't see a realm of possibility where Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield are not back this season together um Baker you know loves it here he's settled down he's about to have a baby. His best friend is uh Trisha Wirfs mm-hmm. on the team who they just went to the Bahamas with, and he's having a baby like two weeks before uh Baker's having a baby um you know just listening to to Jason Light just talking about how you know Mike loves. Um, a guy like Baker Mayfield and how at his stage in his career going to, you know, that, that means a lot is trusting your quarterback, know who your quarterback is, not going into an unknown situation. That 5% I get to Houston. Everybody, everybody else I think is out of the running. Um, But I, I don't see a realm of possibility where Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield are not lacing it up and throwing on a bucks uh, on a bucks jersey next season especially after the comments I heard from Jason light. The question is how much, Um, because I think when we were talking about during the season, I even came on your show and we were talking about Baker get the Geno Smith deal. I think that has gone up a little bit, um, especially with the cap going up, Uh, you know, there's two ways to look at it. And agents certainly will look at it this way more so than fans, but percentage of the roster, Mm -hmm. what or the, the cap, what percentage of the cap are guys making around the league? Um, not necessarily average per year. And if the normal percentage of the cap and and a guy like Baker is 11%, 12%, whatever it is, you know, his agent's going to be gunning for that. But there is that little bit of a hometown discount. I think Baker will give them. I think that there's, you know, a lot of people say, don't take it in, into consideration, but the tax, um, you know, the notes, no state tax is a big thing. I ultimately think it becomes, it comes in and I was, I was, between 25 and 32 i think i'm closer to like 28 and 35 now for baker mm-hmm. um and as for mike i think it's closer to i know he you know reports came out he wanted cooper cut money 28 million i think it's some falls somewhere in between 23 and 25 but i think those first two years are likely guaranteed for him give him a bunch mm-hmm. of guaranteed money and i think that kind of bridges the gap what say you um tones on what you think about listening to their comments and uh what do you think those contract numbers come in 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 at?
1: and i think on top of what you said with the coach todd bowles comments general manager jason lights comments last week levante david was on ronnie and t crash show on wdae and his comments were kind of telling as well they asked him about free agency he said They got some other pieces to take care of. I'm kind of waiting here, doing my thing, knowing they'll turn to me eventually. So he knows the drill as well. A lot of people are all hands on deck, turning to Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. It's like a domino effect. You get one of those guys, the other shoe will follow, right? So I'm pretty confident they get both back as well. I think Texans are the only other threat to Mike Evans I've been um hearing that from a certain couple of things, but we'll see how that happens. I think it's Bucks or Texans for Evans. And ultimately, why wouldn't you want to return to Tampa? It's not like this report card has stopped anybody before. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop anybody now. So I think Evans, I've been adamant on him hoping – to get 23 million a year, I think you add incentives into that. Ultimately, I wouldn't mind going up on him. I mean, just do what you can to keep Mike Evans around the bay. We've lost legends before and they've stung every time. When Warren Sapp put on a Raiders uniform, that hurt. When Lynch put on a Broncos uniform, that hurt. I don't think Bucks fans want to go through the same thing with a guy like Mike Evans. So I think Laziers, Jason Light, Todd Bowles, They'll do the right thing. They'll bring him back. As you said, first two years probably be guaranteed as well. I'm thinking $23, 25000000 maybe adding some good incentives for the guy. And as you said, state tax does matter. I know some people um, aren't fans of saying that, but it does. And multiple bucks free agents who have returned have said the same thing as well, that they've returned because they've saved some money on Florida state tax as well. So that's a big factor. And as a Baker Mayfield, I mean, this is a guy where – Last year, right after he signed, you've heard of him going out on the town with wide receivers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin right away. You've seen him take his offensive lineman to the Bahamas. Now you fast forward, he's going back to the Bahamas with Tristan Wirfs. Oh, and his wife who's pregnant, Baker's wife who's pregnant. So Baker loves it here. He loves what he's built here. He went golfing with a lot of the guys over the course of past offseason. You know he's going to do a lot more great stuff this offseason. He does not want to leave. He loved Cleveland. He breathed Cleveland. They gave up on him. If it was his choice, he'd still be here. He had to find a new home. What has he done? He's found it in Tampa. I think his number should be right around. I think it'll go three years, ninety-five million. That's my guess. If I had to guess on a contract right now, I'm guessing right around there. I was like you at first in the. 25 to 32-ish range. To me, that bumped up 28 to 35, 36 range. Listen, I know it's a bad comparison because he had a terrible year, but Danny Dimes getting that $40 a year will always be a bargaining point for quarterbacks. And look, Baker Mayfield had a heck of a season a lot better than Derek Carr, who's making a pretty penny right now in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think so. And, And like I said, I think you could probably get more from a team on the open market. I think a team would probably pay him around 36, 37. Um, You know, I'd be shocked if it comes in anywhere near close to 40. I think 35 and under is where I got him. And I think you're right. 95, you know, 90, you know, even, you know, I mean, 95 puts him at what, 31, 31 and a half, 31 Mm -hmm. and a half. Let's say he gets a hundred, you know, over four. I mean, that's, I mean, a hundred over three, it's 33. I mean, that's possible too. And that's a nice chunk of change, you know, and I don't think you're really handicapping yourself at $33 million for a starting quarterback. Um, I think that's well under market value. In fact, I know it is. And um, I think they could do a lot worse than having Baker, the continuity that they brought over and Liam Cohen uh, having the pieces around him that they do. So, yeah, I I think Baker, you know, anything over 35, I'm, I'm a little hesitant on. But I think they can get something done underneath that. They both want to stay. You mentioned Levante David also on that program on WDE. He said I want to retire Buccaneer. And uh, listening to Jason Light on that Ira Kaufman podcast again, bringing that back up. He, you know, they asked him about that, and you no, know, he wants to be here. We want him here. Levante's gonna be back. I've, I've got unless he retires, he's not playing for another team, and I don't think he's going to. The Bucks need him. They know, you know, they need each other at this point. Um. So right off the bat, I think you got three guys back um, in the fold next year, which is which is pretty good. Uh, there's a couple other guys back. And, if, you know, Jason said if we can bring them all back, you know, that's a boat parade worthy itself. <laughs> um, and though, he's talking about guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., which, you know, he talked about Antoine Winfield Jr. And, you know, they're using the tag as a last resort. They're talking to all these guys right now. Um, and if they can get Antoine Winfield Jr. back without having to use the tag, that opens up a lot more flexibility for maybe going out and getting a Bryce off, maybe going out and getting another offensive lineman, a good offensive lineman, a guard, so you don't have to address the draft Mm -hmm. going out and maybe getting, you know, I don't really like the center pool this year. I don't think many, I don't think there's anyone really better than what Robert Hainsey gave. Robert Hainsey, he gets a lot of slack in the beginning of the year. He was atrocious, not going to lie. Um, But as he got the scheme down and again, uh, alluding back to this show, we had Dave Canales on and he said the same thing. The offensive line took in the running game, took about half of a season in Seattle to get going. Mm -hmm. Um, And you saw that Hainsey started to turn around. He finished out graded out as, as I think the 16th best center um, in the league. So right in the middle of the pack, he wasn't giving you really, you know, um, he wasn't a liability towards the end. So, But you know they'll always be looking for depth there. Um, But if they can get a deal done and he doesn't have to play on that seventeen million dollar, eighteen million dollar now actually franchise tag, then that opens up some space for them as well. And um, you know in that same breath, you mentioned Trishan Wurfs, his draft classmate. Um, High priority for them with Wurfs, eighteen million dollars and changes what he's going to cost on the um, on the cap this season as that fifth year option by making an All Pro and Pro and multiple Pro Bowls, he gets that performance boost raised there. Um they got to get that cap number down. They want to keep everybody. They got to get that cap number down. Um and one of those guys in addition is Chase McLaughlin mm-hmm. who set records for the Bucks. It was damn near perfect except for two blocks and a missed field goal against the Lions. Otherwise, the guy was money. Lights out. Hit from 57, hit from the 50s uh regularly. So, you know, when it comes to those three guys, um you now i think two of them at the very least reset the market at their position in winfield and werfs and i and i can expect uh chase McLaughlin, who has stated he wants to be back is damn near getting to the top of the market and kicker as well it's a lot of money they got to shell out for these five players and that doesn't even include the depth players that they got that they got to you know have talks about coming back as well
1: yeah and at first i was pretty sold on McLaughlin coming back but now i'm starting to think and in- man, he might be a pretty penny. I know the Bucs could make it work. Spy Tech Greenberg, Light, they do an incredible job at shuffling cap around, but we've seen Matt Gay kind of reset the kicker market a little bit last offseason. Right. And McLaughlin, kicking in Tampa, that's not an easy place to kick. Oh. Before Ryan Suckup came to town, and I know he was limited in the yardage, but pretty dang accurate was Suckup. Before that, they went through kickers like the dry cleaners, so they've been <laughs> very happy seeing Suckup, and then um, consecutively paired with McLaughlin, but I'm getting nervous on him. I do think the Bucks bring back the core four, I call it, and the Bucs aren't afraid to use a franchise tag, right? We've seen it with Shaq Barrett in recent years now. Chris Godwin got tagged back to back. I think the ultimate probable likely scenario, well, hopeful scenario, maybe they tag Winfield and extend him, work that cap around. We'll see what happens there, but as you said, I'm confident in light. I do think they might end up getting a deal done with Winfield, and that would be incredible because that means you could either front load or back load a lot of that money, push numbers around and stuff. So I think it'd be good for everybody if they got deals done with some of these guys sooner than later. But one thing's for certain, Levante's here to stay. He's either playing in Tampa or retiring. He made that pretty clear. So that's kind of a really nice ace card, and you need that certainty too with Levante, David. Given the disappointment in Devin White, he's going to be gone. Sure, you liked what you've seen from K.J. Britt. You liked a little bit of J.J. Russell and Cervaccio Dennis as well. You got some good depth young linebackers. But at the end of the day, you really need that uh, veteran to piece things together. What better veteran to do it than Levante David?
0: Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think when you look that's you know, bringing up that linebacker spot, uh White was uh Light was asked about Devin and you know he asked have you had contract talks? And he said no, now this where there's other you know priorities pretty much. Uh from Devin White, uh <laughs> Dole Kleiman came out with a report from uh one of some reporter, I forget he quoted, but uh apparently the Bucks will not use the franchise tag on Devin White, just so everyone's <laughs> clear about that. No S Sherlock. Um, but so you know I think linebacker is one of these positions where K.J. Britt's a two-down thumper um, and, you know, Sarvasi Dennis has a little bit more range as a coverage guy, but how much do they trust them going to be the starter? You know, I, I think K.J. Britt earned some snaps, um, but do they trust them as a starter? This is a bad year for wanting a, a middle linebacker unless you're going to take one early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these guys in the second round of Jeremiah Trotter uh peyton willis some of these guys but i don't know if you burn a first round pick and a linebacker um and certainly i think you know unless they move back which i think is a real big possibility um in this draft the way i keep looking at 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 things although bulls did say they're in a position where they feel like they can take best player available um which could be at any position really uh because they could use you know wide receiver they could use cornerback they could use safety um you know you look at the the future Godwin's on the final year of his deal. Uh, Carlton Davis, if he's still here, he's on the final year of his deal. Um, Dean has only one more year left after this. So getting and Izzy played well, you know, friend of the show really liked what Izzy did, but they talked about him maybe going to safety. I'm uh, playing that strong safety role. So maybe you get a nickel and a guy like Enos Rakestraw, who I drafted a uh, mock to the Bucks in the first round in my mock, who can play inside, outside. Go check out the mock draft of Bucs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, so like there's many ways they can go in this route, but if they need a linebacker, I don't think they're in a position to take one of the good ones unless they kind of either move back in the second or move up or something like that. And we talked about the lack of picks moving up doesn't seem likely to me. There are a few guys in free agency I think that could come in and, and fill a role. Uh, a guy like Blake Cashman, I really liked what he did um, last season in um, Houston with the Texans. There's a few other guys. They're not going to get a Frankie Louvu anything like that, but a Josie Jewell. Uh, you know, there's a few guys out there. It's not a deep crap uh, crop of guys. Um, but there's a few guys that could probably bring us a veteran at least challenge, maybe KJ Britt for that starting role. Um, I'm currently doing my, I did my season outlook over at uh, bucks game day. I'm currently moved on to my free agent preview. So I'm listening three guys, um, at each position who could come in and, and maybe, uh, they could sign at that roster, Again, I'm not getting off the rails. I'm like, yeah, bring in Michael Pittman Jr., bring in these top players, but like realistic signings that they can make. Um, It's funny. Uh, I posted on Facebook, um, and it was a picture of Ryan Tannehill for quarterbacks, and people were kind of roasting me like, like, Baker's coming back. What do you know? I'm like, tell me you read the story. You didn't read the story without telling me you didn't read the story just because it's a picture of Ryan Tannehill, but I digress. Um, But no, I think, you know, the Bucks have an opportunity now if they can get these guys back to maybe make small splashes. I don't think they're going uh, Macklemore, you know, thrift shore stopping uh, this season. They can make a couple good signings um, to improve the team while also, you know, looking towards the draft. And I think, you know, when you look at the positions that need some help on the roster, linebacker is one of them. I think um, defensive tackle is one of them. I think getting, you know, an, another edge rusher in there is one of them as well. Obviously, we, just talked about linebacker, but, um, you know, edge rush is a tricky one because they like what they saw on a marquees. They like what they've seen on Jose. They've got Diaby, who's young. They've got Tryon. they got Nelson. That's five guys right there. How many guys are you going to stack in that room? Um, it kind of depends on, you know, what are you going to do? But the Bucks have started talking to guys. Um, good friends over at Pewter Report. Um, I've been trying to keep up with it, too, but they're boots in the ground there. Unfortunately, we don't have anyone right there. I talked to my wife about that next year. <laughs> um, but the Bucks have already started meeting with some guys um, and I'll just run through the list. You know, we'll start with edge rushers. Um, you know, lot latte, Latu, Adisa, Isaac from Penn state, chop Robinson from Penn state, Western Michigan edge, Marshawn Nealand all had formal interviews with the Bucs. That means they're able to sit down with that, with the GM head coach, spy Techs there, Greenberg's there. All those guys. Meanwhile, um, informal interviews is usually with scouts. Uh, it's usually, you know, quick 10, 15-minute interview. It's not one of the you know the 45 formal interviews they're lauded, and they've mm-hmm. met with some other guys. Jared Verse from Florida State, uh, Kansas Edge, Austin Booker, UCLA, Gabriel Murphy, Clemson's Xavier Thomas, Colorado State's Muhammad Kamara, Houston's David Uguagubu, and uh, butchered his name, Yukon's uh, <laughs> Eric Watt. So they're well underway um, getting – you know, getting some interviews done. Uh, Alabama's edge, Braz, uh, uh, Chris Braswell and Solomon Bird met with the Bucks, but they couldn't remember if it was formal, informal, how you don't remember sitting across from the head coach is beyond me. Um, but uh, those are just some of the guys who have met with them so far. Now, like when you talk about edge rusher, and we just talked about it a little bit, the guys in free agency, when you look at the draft, it's not that deep. But what are your thoughts on the position? Do you think the Bucks got to get some someone in there this year, or are you comfortable with Yaya Diaby um, and Marquise Watts and Jose Ramirez as three rookies that that have the chance to make an impact on the team next season? Are you for you is drafting an edge a higher priority, or would you rather them look for a stopgap in free agency like a Uche, Van Ginkel, one of these types? or even bring a Shaq back for a year and then attack the position next year.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love these young edge pups we got. I think they're all um, high energy. They all kind of found their place as the season went on last year. I think JTS got better in his limited role down the year's stretch. I think Yaya really flourished when he got his chance to start. I think Marquis Swat in the preseason, when he actually got opportunities, he looked, Tremendous as well. So I think the core is there. Anthony Nelson, I love his motor. I'll never have a bad thing to say about Nelly. He's just always giving it his all. However, you're kind of missing to me that perennial edge guy still. Even if Diaby pans out to his full potential, even if JTS takes the next step, I think the Bucks are still needing that dominant edge rusher. Will they get it in this year's draft or free agent class? Probably not, but the Bucks do love draft and defense. The past several years, they've just win Kalijah Cansey, JTS, Logan Hall. So wouldn't it shock me to see this regime again attack the front seven defensively in the first round if they elected to go that route or trade back? They could probably get a Chop Robinson if they trade back in round one, maintain round one, add some draft capital as well. However, at the end of the day, I think they're going to use that First round pick, probably on, you know, I think they're going to trade back. I think that they avoid edge first round. I think they go interior O-line in round one most likely. Maybe another position, you never know at this point. Maybe best player available, sure. But I think they go more so stopgap veteran edge rusher, whether it's Shaq, whether it's another guy. I think they pass on that round one, given they did just use... Three, uh well, Logan Hall wasn't first-round pick, but three of their first picks in the past three years on the front seven defensively, JTS, Logan Hall, Kalijah, Kansi. I think this year they shift that to a veteran focus and turn their first, first pick elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I, I see a lot of offensive line, interior offensive line. And for me, it really, if you get a good one, and like I'm talking about uh, Trishan Werf's caliber or just under they get really expensive down the line you know even guards can get expensive centers not as much but i mean that fifth year option blooms up to you know 14 12 14 13 million dollars that's a lot for a fifth year option but it's usually worth it when if you can get a guy and get him that far um but i just i think and i I don't want to call him cocky because the success rate has been so good but when you just go through some of the names right Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, uh, Luke Gettke, Cody Moke. Mm-hmm. Does Jason just feel like I don't need a first round guy? I can yeah. get another. I can get a guy. I can get a guy that's maybe not from like a traditional offensive line school, and I just need a guard. Am I going to spend a first round picking a guard or a center? You know, I especially center to me is like I said. I don't think Hainsy was terrible. Could they upgrade him? Yes, but how are you sure that a rookie is going to upgrade him? And what if what if Hainsey beats out your first round center? What if he does? You know, now you're stuck with your first round center sitting on the bench for the year. You're not getting anything out of him. Tom Brady's not here. You don't got the luxury of picking guys to just sit. You know, like you know, uh, you, you gotta get, get guys on the field. And I like I could see guard more than center just because that mm-hmm. is a hole. That is a spot. And then maybe you're looking at you know, a a Troy Fatano from Washington or something like that. Um, But I think you can get it. Yeah, I think you even get that trading back. I'm with you, man. I'm on the trade back train. I think you can get a second and third round pick, get in that mid-second round, and that's a sweet spot. That's where you can get, you know, a good offensive guard. That's where you can still get if you want a cornerback, a TJ Tampa type or a wide receiver with an Xavier Worthy, or if you want to get an edge rusher with, you know, a Chris Braswell or an Adisa or, you know, you want to grab that Tyler Noob in safety or Jaden Hicks or... I just think there's so much talent on day two that moving out of the first round, losing that fifth-year is tough, but moving into day two, there's so much talent there that can really come in and round out your team rather than using it on a guard or something. Now, if they got... I wrote about this, you know, if they do trade uh Carlton Davis or release him. You know, I was talking to a couple of guys who are um, you know, that's what they do is contract trade projections. Protect uh they think that a third, late third, early fourth isn't out of the realm of possibility for Carlton Davis in a trade. Um and you know that if that's this if that's the case, then maybe cornerback becomes at the forefront, you know, Todd Bowles mentioned that he doesn't know where Zion's gonna play, but he wants him on the field. So maybe they feel like he's ready to be a starting corner. I, there's just, I feel like the Bucks are in a pretty dang good position because the positions that they're probably looking at for immediate starters, safety, guard, there's guys in that second and third round. I think you can pluck and plug and play right there. So, um, another position that they need though, uh, that they're not going to find in the first round, they're not going to select in the first round, defensive tackle. They mm-hmm. just took one last year. They're not going to go there. But, the, hello, can you hear me now?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you hear me? Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, I can't hear myself, so let's go. Uh, Another position where they're not going to go is, is, but there is some good depth players in this class at defensive line. They only have four guys really on the team for starters right now. They have, um, you know, Logan Hall, uh, Vita, Kalijah, and then Mike Green. They do have like CJ Brewer and some other guys um, that they signed, you know, to futures contracts. But as far as starting caliber, there's a good chance Greg Gaines is back. Uh, familiarity with Liam Cohen. He's still in the building, you know, like you're a free agent. He's still in the bucks building and everything like that. Uh, Patrick O'Connor, I feel like is a lock Chicago guy um, to come back just because he is, even if it's on the practice squad, he loves the place. He's got relationships with the team and with the players. Mm -hmm. Um, But They need someone else there. They need another guy. I mocked um, Christian Boyd from Northern Iowa Uh, to them. He's a bigger guy, uh, but has got some good pass rush moves to him as well. Can give Vita a spell. He's that size, 6'4, 317 pounds. So mm. he's a bigger guy who can kind of give Vita Vea a breather, but can also play three tech and, you know, along the line as well. Um, but they met with Florida State, Brandon Fisk, uh, Clemson, Rook O'Hara, uh, Michigan defensive lineman, Chris Jenkins, uh, Texas A&M's McKinley Jackson, all with formal interviews. Then Oregon, Brandon Dolores, who is actually training out here in Tampa with Gochio Murphy, former Buccaneers wide receiver, special teams ace. Um, Baylor, Gabe Hall, could get another Hall on the line. Never know. <laughs> uh, Auburn, seems like they always go to Auburn for, for defensive players. But Marcus Harris was another guy. And uh, Justin, a, a big OB. I, have, I need pronunciation guide. All have met with them, either formally or informal to you. Um, again, this isn't a stacked defensive line draft. It feels like none of them have been recently, right? Defensive line right. is that unicorn position to find. What's your concern on the defensive line as far as depth and do you see them drafting someone this year? Or, again, do you think you can bring back a Greg Gaines and a Patrick O'Connor? And, you know, maybe Mike Green stays healthy and develops more. And you're kind of good with this, with what you have on the roster.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it was kind of wild last year. Because Kalijah Cancy, a lot of people love the pick. But he was kind of laying in the weeds a little bit. Wasn't supposed to be... Uh, you know the Bucks pick by a lot of quote unquote mock draft experts, but you was our guy all along. So since you exhausted round one on that last year, I wouldn't use it on that this year. But I do think mid round is likely. I think that with given Todd Bowles and his history of linemen, I do think we end up drafting one, and I think that would be a very favorable thing to do. William Golston is on his way out. If he came back, wouldn't it be more than a one year. Pat O'Connor, he's been with the team since. 2017, as you mentioned, he's probably a lock to come back. But as you've seen last year, it's not like Todd Bowles has a lot of faith behind him. He was a practice squad guy a lot of the season, got called up at times as a depth piece. Mike Green battled injuries and illnesses to end the year. So he was kind of coming on strong and then um, died down a little bit. I think they try and get a little bit youth depth on the line again. I do like them to draft the D lineman maybe they trade back and accumulate around two or three pick where they use one and if they did trade out around one completely you never know if they use another one with their first pick in the second round say if a jerzan Newton fell to you know round 2 that'd be inc- that'd be incredible but i don't think that happens but that's a story for another day um at the end of the day i do think that they draft a D lineman. And I think it's probably round two or three. You never know with Jason Light and Todd Bowles and co they drafted Canty last year. Barely anyone had that pick. Maybe they'll do it again this year, but I don't think um, you know, the recipe, I don't think the line right now, even if you do bring back a goal or O'Connor, you kind of got to keep getting younger there because uh, they don't have a lot of depth there. They have some good players. They got some nice young pieces, but not a lot of young depth. Something for them to add in this year's draft to me.
0: Yeah, I think I don't know if second, third round, um, just because you have your starters, but I definitely foresee fourth, fourth round for sure, fifth round, maybe even late third round. Maybe that could be a possibility if they accumulate more picks, but those mid rounds, late day two, early day three sounds like a prime spot for them to get a defensive tackle. Cause like you said, they need to add youth, they need to add speed. That's the biggest thing. Bowles was very uh candid about his um, you know, front four, not generating enough pressure. So I think that's going to be the name of the ga- game is getting some guys who can speed. And I think when you look at the list, there's some of those guys who can who can get after it. But you also need someone that can give Vita a, bright, uh, a breather. And, you know, there's not uh, many that can do that, uh, that are big as him, fast as him, nimble as him. I mean, it never gets old watching Vita chase down running backs 15 yards down the field after being in the backfield. Uh, it's just yeah. absolutely insane what this man can do, former running back. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, I think they l- really liked what they saw at Logan Hall. He started coming on. Obviously, need to get the pressures more, but the run defense, he was able to, he had real, some really nice plays down the stretch, just stacking the shed in offensive linemen and making some plays uh, in front of the program as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I li- really liked what I saw out of him, and I think that's definitely a position they target. One position we talked about already, linebacker a little bit, um, they met with a, a, a slew of linebackers and I don't know what the recipe here is for um tones because they're they obviously have a questionable questionable opening at linebacker right now, um, with obviously Devin White out the door. Levante sounds like he's gonna come back, but they also need to start preparing for life after Levante. Is it gonna be a slew of one first, you know, one year deals until he calls it a quits? Um, maybe he's like, "Eh, I can commit two more years and then I'm done. Do the bucks want to go two years? They just want to go one year at a time with him. Um, KJ Brits in the last year of his deal, um, Sarasi Dennis. Um, I liked what I saw out of him in flashes, but is he ready to take that next jump? Um, they need to get somebody else in here and whether that's an early pick, um, and they, and they want someone to start next to him or if that's a later pick so they can start grooming and have, you know a nice three core linebacker group behind them to, to kind of start grooming. Uh, That's, that's the big question. I think uh, when it comes to that position, or do they go outside to free agency and spend some money there? Um, There's a lot of question marks surrounding that, that group. And the Bucks certainly did their due diligence. Uh, So the top three are formal interviews with Michigan's junior Colson, Mississippi's Nathaniel Watson and North Carolina's Cedric gray. But then it gets deep in the woods, man. I've, they interviewed North Carolina State Peyton Willis, so I think he's going to have a big week this week. Notre Dame's JT Bertrand. Uh, Texas' is Jalen Ford. I like Jalen Ford a lot for a fit. The problem is I think he's going to be a fourth, early fourth-round pick, maybe a late fourth-round pick, so it might be tough to get him. Um, they'd have to sacrifice at a different position unless they can maneuver and trade back um, acquire more picks. Uh, Florida State's Tatum Bethune. Uh, U- UCLA's Darius Massow. I could be butchering all these names. Forgive me if I am, if you're a fan of these guys or or know them personally. Penn State's Curtis Jacobs. I can pronounce that. Temple's Jordan McGee. Wyoming, Easton Gibbs. Georgia, I'll save him for after. Texas A&M, Edron Cooper, who is gaining a lot of steam right now at an informal. Michigan, Michael Barrett. Missouri, Tyron Hooper. Uh, Hopper, rather. And Notre Dame, Maris Le- Leif, who believes he met with the Bucks informally but wasn't sure again. How do you not know if you're standing across from top bowls, um, <laughs> but another guy too, Georgia inside linebacker, John Trey Hunter, John Trey Hunter was my seventh round pick in my mock draft. I like this kid. Um, very raw to the position, very raw. He played safety a lot, so he doesn't really have the intricacies of a inside linebacker, but you want to talk about a guy who can cover tight ends, running backs and wide receivers as well. Cause he's played a lot of the slot box safety like this kid he can lay the lumber, he can stack and shed well, but he's just there's times he's just lost out there because he's still learning what an inside linebacker position's got is, you know, especially when it comes to the NFL. So, he's a sleeper pick that I like a lot. I think he might get drafted higher than I have him just because of the intangibles. Um but I mean that's that's a slu- that's I mean one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen guys at inside at at linebacker. Comparing to you know only nine guys at defensive line, and you know less than that, a uh, little bit more than that at edge. They really went to work with the linebacker spot. What do you ultimately think happens? Is it is the answer on the roster? With KJ and Savassi? So they go on free agency and sign maybe like a Blake Cashman, someone who, who racked up tackles with the Texans plays in a similar system, uh, style system rather. Um, and can also, you know, got five sacks, I believe as well. Or do they go to the route of the draft? And if they go to the route of the draft, has anybody popped out for you as potential guys that they could target? Maybe even as soon as day two.
1: I like Curtis Jacobs as a name to watch from Penn state. He was on your list of potential meetings. He's a guy who has really good hands at linebacker and they've had there's success in mid-rounds from Penn State in years past, Donovan Smith, Chris Godwin, Jason Light, yeah. both of those guys, they paid off pretty dang well for him, I would say. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him dip back into the Penn State uh, pool. They're really nitty-gritty players most of the time. Big-ton football, you get that tough football. I like him in the mid-rounds, and it is interesting because I think Levante does come back ultimately probably for one year. I think this would be his last year. You know, anytime there's smoke, there's fire. He keeps flirting more and more with retirement, seemingly. With that being said, I think this is a year to get younger yet again. I know some people will say, well, they do have Cervace Dennis, KJ Britt's still young. Well, you never know if Britt Ball's out this year, like you said last year on his contract. Even if he plays more, they could very well lose him in free agency next season and be in the same spot again next year if Levante David retires as well. I then, got
0: two guys got to replace. Exactly, Savassi isn't ready.
1: Exactly. So I do like J.J. Russell too. I think they keep him around on the practice squad. Probably he showed a couple good flashes when he had a step up last year. But ultimately, I think they try and avoid veteran at that position. I think Levante would be their veteran to bring back. Obviously, say he retires, sure we'll go one more veteran. But I think it'd be smart to draft the guy. I'm all over Curtis Jacobs in the mid rounds. And how could you not think to draft a middle linebacker? Devin's as good as gone. I don't care. I know we were kidding around with his franchise tag earlier, that great report. Yeah, it's by not Dov, coming back. No, Dove Climbing, but he's gone. He, there's 0% chance he's coming back. Levante himself pretty much knows that he made it clear. So you're really looking at this team who needs a start and linebacker next to Levante, David. Could it be KJ Bridge? Sure. But if he starts and does good, he's probably gone. If he does bad, you need a replacement. I would draft one and see how that goes.
0: Right. And he's more of a, that two down thumper, anyways. You know, it didn't look, really look out of place in coverage at times, but he doesn't have the speed. Like if he's if a guy's got an angle on him, he's gone, and like there's nothing KJ can do but to just watch him go. Uh, you know, yeah. so um, that's another thing. And speed is the name of the game. We saw the Bucks last year: speed, speed, speed. Yaya Diaby, speed. Collagey um, Kansi, speed. Trey Palmer, obviously speed. Uh, these, that's the name of the game, and they need to get a guy who can you know, lay the pipe but also has the speed to chase and, and tackle. So before we get out of here, because I agree with a lot of your points there, before we get out of here, I, t- I tease we talk about these NFLPA grades that came out. NFLPA sends out um, some surveys to all the players and a lot of their family members too. Um, as um, kind of pointed out, I don't think anyone really knew that until Jordana Bar- uh, Barrett said that You know, she – took the questionnaire as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a new piece of information that at least I didn't know. I'm sure a lot of you guys didn't know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but she came out saying, you know, the bucks have been nothing but amazing. Um, You know, know. but that being said, they did not grade really well. I mean, last year they came up with a D plus this year, they regressed to an F Uh, consistency. in a lot of it was the treatment of families actually dropped from a D plus down to an F. Food in the cafeteria jumped up from a D to a C minus. Nutritious dietitian uh, was a, was kind of like a new one in there, um, and that was a B. The locker room was a C minus. The training room was a B minus. Training staff was a B. Weight room was a B. The only thing that actually got an A was the strength coaches that cracked an A minus. Team travel was an F, and it came out that the team tr- charges. Um, if you're not a starter or under four years of service with the team, you have to pay, I think it was seventeen, a little over $1,700 to have your own room for the year uh, on travel or else you're sharing a room with somebody. Um, the head coach, b minus twenty sixth, which was a little interesting, and ownership, D-minus, came in 29th. Um, when you look at these grades and then you kind of dig a little deeper, um, you know, Todd Bowles came, came in 26 with a B-minus, but 90% of his players felt that the coach you know, was efficient with their time. However, it came in 25th overall that Bulls was somewhat listened to the locker room. So maybe there's some disconnect there whether um, some of the players don't feel like Bulls listened to the locker room or maybe that's just Mariah Godwin putting in a bunch of questionnaires. I'm not sure because they weren't feeding. But the biggest thing to me was that D- for the Glaziers coming in 29th. Um, not many of the, the players there's a willingness to upgrade the facility and a lot of was being made about the chargers and how they charge 75 dollars a game for daycare the bucks charge 90 dollars for a, a game for daycare they don't have a family room uh it's off-site uh so you know you got to go pick up your kids afterwards um and they would like to see this service for free and like most other teams do and at least you know have a family room some of the comments the overview um that they were talking about as far as the locker room was described as unclean and smelly. They even cited seeing bugs consistently in the showers, um, the sauna dirty, small and broken down. Um, and then it kind of gets into that, you know, 1750 for their own room for younger players. They're not starters. And then, um, you know, the $90 per child. So, um, I've been in the locker room. It's outdated. It is small. Um, they, you see some of these locker rooms around the league um, or especially in college. I mean, these things are like state of the art facilities. Um, you know, the, the bucks have folding chairs to sit in where some of these, even some of the newer locker rooms in the, around the NFL, they've got these, you know, recliners in their lockers that they can fold down and put their stuff in and whatnot. Um, you know, there's not really much space for them as far as if they want to hang out in the locker room. There's two couches and a little, and, a, and two love seats really. Um and a couple of tables for them to play cards or eat their food out or play chess was a big thing. But it is small. It's a small area. Um so I and it does smell. But again, these guys are coming in out of practice afterwards. So like who that, that that's you know, here nor there. Um the locker room at the at at the team at the stadium is is a much bigger, more wide open space. Um it's like probably double the size of their locker room, actually. Um but what are your thoughts on the grades that came out and on the Bucks, and if you're the glaciers what do you think they're thinking seeing all this come out
1: i take this list with a grain of salt personally i don't really invest too much stock into that the kansas city chiefs are ranked 32nd on this list they're back-to-back super bowl champions their ownership got an f minus um you know that's just a little bit hard to believe to me you've seen guys like booger mcfarlane Uh, Jordana Barrett, Rick Stroud come to the defense of the Buccaneers organization and the Glaziers at this point. Some pretty prolific people there. And and I'll say this, are are the Glaziers happy? No, the Bucs actually did just moments ago come out with the rebuttal statement for the NFLPA saying, hey, we take this very seriously. We're going to undergo some things and uh, see what we could do to make changes. But I don't think any free agent looks at this report card and says, I'm not going to sign in Tampa because of X, Y, and Z. Now, some of the things that we mentioned are surely pathetic. Um, You know, the bugs are a problem. The sauna being broken down and outdated, surely a problem. The youngsters having to pay that much for their own room, that's a problem to me. I will say this, a little confused on the travel, because I know firsthand I always go to the Bucs games when they play in Indianapolis. They stay at the highest end of high-end hotels. Stinks for younger players they have to pay, but I know they're really staying at great hotels, specifically in Indianapolis. They just updated where they stay at Green Bay to a nicer, more recent hotel as well. So maybe their airfare or whatever they do for air travel is not that great, but I'll say this. Their team buses are pretty nice, it seems. I've, I've almost been by one, so little confusing there. I'll I'll dig into the head coach. 26th ranked head coach. Very, very surprising to me. Seems like a lot of players like Todd Bowles. As you said, maybe a little disconnect in the locker room. But I'll say B-minus isn't a bad grade. But to be a B-minus ranked 26th, that means a lot of teams out there you know, like their head coaches a lot. So I guess maybe a little concerning there. The only three head coaches that got worse than a B minus all got fired. I believe Josh McDaniel and uh, you know, a couple other guys as well. So it's interesting to me. I take it with the grain of salt. I think the Glazers, do they reflect on it and do they strive to get better from it? Sure. Maybe here and there. I don't think the organization loses too much sleep over it at night. Again, um, the cafeteria, I think that's interesting. You could improve things like the cafeteria. You could limit the bugs. We've seen their locker room be a problem in the past too, right? Lawrence Tynes claims right. his career ended because of getting Mercer in the Bucks locker room. A guy like right. Carl N- Nick's years back, um, he caught Mercer in the Bucks locker room, really never recovered. So there's been cases of that before, and there's been rumors of them potentially getting a new stadium, which would help um get their locker rooms bigger but at the end of the day i take it with a grain of salt and those college locker rooms you know their rosters are like 100 players so i, I would hope they're a little well, bit bigger saying. well I they're
0: bigger they're but bigger. they're way nicer man like you see some of these things and that's the thing the bucks don't really have much room to expand there so like there's there you know unless they're tearing down or building a whole new building somewhere further away from the stadium, which is going to happen the lock. They're not, there's not going to be much. They can maybe change it like the lockers themselves. And like I said, maybe some of those recliners and the, with some flip downs and, but as far as spacing goes, there's nothing they can do about that um, at all. I mean, they just cut our media room in half uh, for recording studios. So like our media room's tiny now um, and that's underway, but you mentioned the bucks put out a statement. I'll read that too. And then we'll kind of get out and wrap up and get out of here. Uh, the Bucks said, we value the NFL PA report and input from our players that it provides. The feedback allows us to examine, address, and improve many areas of our operation. We hold ourselves to the highest standards as we strive to be a first class in everything we do, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the things that, I get the statement, whatever, I know take a grain of salt, but the things that really just stick out to me is that the trouble areas that were there last year and even the year before, Are still present you know family situation this and that you know like so some of these things like travel like you have the opportunity you knew you knew two years ago you knew last year like what do you you know because it's getting a lot of backlash there was no statement last year which i think is interesting Hmm. uh there's a statement this year so maybe that's something they're going to do and and the last question before i get you out of here um i posted this on on twitter or x twitter x twitter x. we'll go back to that we started the show with that We're, We're ending with that. Indeed. but um how much do you think top tier guys who are getting the bag and eh, whatever i'm getting the bag yeah man uh but those guys who are in that middle to maybe lower spot maybe you have to settle for a veteran minimum maybe you have to you know just a little over how much do you think that these grades kind of weigh on their decision like let's say a guy was choosing between miami and tampa um and both of them contenders for different reasons um but how much do you think that he looks at that report card and goes well i mean looks really nice they're offering me the same amount of money there's no state tax um i fit in well with both of these things i really like both of these i'm kind of torn and they pull up that report card and see that the Bucks treat families like shit <laughs> and their food yeah. sucks and the ownership doesn't care. And there's bugs in the shower and they look at Miami and they're like, well, everything's good. Do you think that plays into, and how much do you think that plays into a free agent's decision? You know, now that these are kind of more public and out there uh, for everyone to see.
1: As you said, the bigger guys, they get the money. So more of the smaller mid tier guys, listen, you've seen guys like Ryan Griffin really never leave Tampa Bay and, Surely, you know, he enjoyed his time in the Bay. You see Pat O'Connor, he's been here since 2017. couple lower-to-mid-card guys in terms of contracts off the top of my head. Heck, you've seen Cam Bray here for a while. I know he got a nice payday originally, but he took a lot of pay cuts to stay in Tampa Bay. You've seen a lot of veterans, even Big Red Jensen, resigned. I know he was more in the high-profile range, bigger price tag, but he could have gotten more money elsewhere. I think it was reported Cincinnati and Chicago— offered him just as much, if not more money. So um, I I think Miami would maybe be a threat. But at the end of the day, you know, these guys such as a Tom Brady and, you know, those type of guys came here. And if they overcame it, sure. Mid-Carter's a little different story. I could agree with that. But I think the money is still the dividing factor at the end of the day. I think if Tampa's willing to give a little bit more money there is no tax here the guys could put maybe bugs in the shower a little bit behind them and i know the young guys it is annoying for them i think that's probably my biggest pet peeve is that those guys do have to pay for their hotels to be that's a little bit ridiculous that makes it's no not sense. much
0: i mean it's in the grand scheme of things it's like 200 dollars you know a, a hotel but it's still like come on really yeah
1: like- yeah and i guess i need more you know explanation if hey if you're a practice squad guy they call you up or you needed to pay that you know what i'm saying and dig, right. dive a little deeper into that because that could practice be squad
0: with you guys i guess like yeah you guys could bunk you know but even still no I, I think everyone should have their own room that optimal rest and optimal ability to kind of just work on their own time and not have to be like yeah Man, I try. I couldn't get. I couldn't sleep a wink last night. This dude was snoring all night, and now I gotta get out. I'm, I'm you know, I'm in the game tomorrow. Like, I'm got a big role. Like, no, so I, I get it, and I, I agree. I think for, you know, some of the media, like you see, guys, if Tom Brady is coming here, and you know, the money wasn't an issue, and some of these other guys who came in on on cheap deals and re-signed and it wasn't an issue for them you know why is it going to be an issue for me i don't think it makes too much of a difference um you know maybe if you're comparing you know one team to another team and you have these two options but for the most part i don't think it makes a huge difference tones i want to thank you so much for being here man we, we we took a little bit of time here we went over the comments on the draft we went over free agency we went over um the meetings that they've had with some of these players your thoughts um, and then obviously these grades we covered a large area of ground. We'll be back next week for another podcast. I'm trying to get myself on a free agent expert guy on here to break down some of this free agency coming up the following week. So hopefully we can get him on here. Um I'm trying to get a couple other players, uh, but they're kind of you know, they're settling into their vacation time right now. So, but we'll get more people in there. But tones, thank you so much. Go ahead, promote yourself one more time. Tell them where they can follow you, tell them where they can check out your your great podcast and, and what else you got cooking up.
1: Yeah, JC, always a pleasure talking to you. You're one of the best in the business, so I always value this time. I appreciate it, and I mean it when I say that because I learn a lot from you, and you spew knowledge. It's like a spew cannon, you know, crazy all over the place, but you guys can keep up with me in the pod at Bucketeers. Same as Buccaneers, but substitute the T for the N. We really try and come at you guys a couple times a week, give you our breakdowns and whatnot. We've been going years strong now. We don't plan on stopping anytime soon. We try and keep up with some players and locals we we try and keep it more local so whether it's on there or wherever it might be jc look forward to talking to you soon you do great work on here and at si game day truly an honor to get to know you can't wait to see what guests you get next i've i'm i was honored just to be on the program so always a good time brother and you know uh me and you know how to talk and we could talk hours and hours and hours sadly uh not enough time of the day for that. But keep up with me at Tampa Tones, my pod at Bucketeers, and I look forward to bringing off-season coverage to Bucks fans all over who might need a shoulder to lean on through the tough times and through the good times.
0: It's certainly one of the best Bucks fans, Buck podcasts out there. A lot of information that he gives you a lot of good insight. Uh, I make appearance on there now and then we even get to talk wrestling on this podcast, but we're, we're about an hour or over an hour now. So we got to wrap it up and let's save for the next time. Um, But that's going to do it for us here at the pirate parlay from the sick podcast network. Go check out all my stuff over at Bucks game day uh, powered by sports illustrated. And on my Twitter X, Twitter X, Twitter X Twitter uh, over at JC Allen NFL. i got all the stuff there. I'm your one-stop shop for Bucks stuff, whether it's a content that we're pumping out over at Bucks Game Day, whether it's my podcast here going up there, whether it's PFF, whether it's what other people are thinking, local reporters, team itself. It's all condensed for one spot for you to enjoy and just not have to scroll through a million sites. I've got it all right there. So definitely keep up with that. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of the Pirate Parlay here on the Sick Podcast Network. We out. Peace. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Pirate Parlay on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.